very important message and I like to share it with you and I do pray God that you will gain insight and be blessed father speak to your church may your word penetrate into our hearts remodel us rearrange us like you said to me oh God there is a shift taking place Lord I pray in the name of Jesus that something new will happen in these lives transformation will take place a new mindset, a new lifestyle. Great achievements will come their way. In Jesus' name we pray. The man after God's heart. The man after God's heart. That is the title of my message. And I like to take my text from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse 14. 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse 14. And I'm reading as usual from the NIV New International Version. Are we ready? Are we ready? But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. I repeat, but now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out sought out sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command the man after God's heart you know I used to misinterpret that until recently when God made me to understand it. I used to think that the man after God's own heart simply means the man who God loves. Eh? The man who God has taken as a friend. Do we have the same interpretation? Is that what you used to think, right? The man whom God loves. The man who God has taken as a friend. Pastors, am I correct? That's how you used to see it, right? But during this trip, God made me to see the right interpretation of that verse. We've all been getting it wrong. It's talking about the man who is longing after God's own heart. Who is interested in what is in the heart of God. Who is interested in pleasing God, honoring God. Who loves the Lord who is after the interests of God, the honor of God, the glory of God. If you read it from the King James, it said that that word H, his, is capital H. And that is not for the man, but for God. Have you seen it? Let's have it. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man up. Is it King James? 
Uh -huh, New King James, thank you. Uh -huh. New King James. The H there is capital H to show that that is God. Now, you need to understand that God is looking for a man to honor. A man that he can trust, that he can use. A man that he can depend on who will not fail him. When it comes to leadership, he's always looking for a man. When it comes to distributing wealth, he's always looking for a trustworthy man who will not see the money as his own, but see himself as a steward. One who will not please himself, use the money as he wants, but one who will use it as he, God, wants. A man after his own heart. Not his personal heart, but God's heart. And so in the case of King Saul, have you seen it now? Look at it there. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his capital H. Showing that he's referring to himself. The person is after God's heart. God, his heart. So it is not God who is after his heart, but he is after God's heart. It's not God has found a friend in him, or God has decided to honor and favor him and give him a special place in his heart. In other words, God has soft spot for him. No, he is the one who is after God's heart. He is the one who is longing to know what God wants and do it. He is the one who wants to honor God all the time with his life. Now, you will not understand until you take your time to study the life and the ministry of David, the king of Israel, the son of David, I mean the son of Jesse. Now, if you look at his life, you will discover that this young man was very careful and he did his best as much as he could, even though he failed. And the Bible told us of two incidents where he really failed and failed woefully and in all those incidents he was warned he knew what he was supposed to do but he failed he yielded to the flesh he yielded to the human ego in him and he suffered for it his people paid a price that was one was when he decided to number the people of uh, israel to do a census and he was not supposed to do it the bible said it was satan who instigated him in other words stir him up he used pride in him as a king who have arrived who has conquered many nations. He wanted to know how many people he has in his domain. How many of the Jews. And under the law, even if you are to conduct a census, they are supposed to give a particular offering. Special offering that was prescribed by God as, you know, for the census. I don't think they collected that money. And Joab, the commander of the army, did his best to convince the king not to order for that census, but the king insisted. And when they did, over 85,000 people lost their lives. The angel of the Lord was sent and he started to slaughter people. That was what led him to go to the, to the threshing floor of Arauna where the angel was standing to make a sacrifice there. And God forgave. Amen. And then the second offense that he committed was in the case of the adultery committed with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. And he had Uriah, you know, killed in war so that he can take over the wife in order to conceal the pregnancy. He tried to do it, it didn't work. So the only thing is, remove the man so he can have the woman. And he paid a great price for that. But apart from that, you can see that the man has a heart for God. How many of you have read the Psalms? Have you read the writings of David? Have you read the Psalms? Amen, somebody? Have you read Psalm 23, which I know is the favorite of many people? 
Have you read Psalm 91? Have you read most of the Psalms of David? If you have read it, you will see a man who is hungry for God. You will see a man whose passion is to know him, love him, and obey him. Now, how many of you have read the story of how he was pursued by King Saul, his former boss? Eh? King Saul, whom he served. He pursued him and pursued him and pursued him. On two occasions, God gave David into the hands of King Saul. And then you will see the heart of David. David had the opportunity to kill him. But what did he say? Eh? He said, I who am I to lift up my hands against the Lord's anointed? This is supposed to be a case of war. Because the man came with sword and shield and weapons to fight him, to kill him. And now, behold, this is him. This is the man. It is time for you to do what? Cut him down. But he said, I cannot do that. That means he was running from him. Not because he cannot face Saul and kill Saul. But he does not want to touch the one who God anointed. So what is holding him back? The anointing of God. The oil that was poured upon the head of King Saul. And who poured the anointing? It is God. So it is God. You can see he feared God. You can see in his heart he wants to do what? Please God. One day his, one of his boys tell him, look, 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 oh king, I don't want even want you to do it. Just give me the order. I will miss. Only one, 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 one stab, that's what I will give him. Only one. I will pin him to the ground. I will miss. I won't do it two times. He said, don't do it. He didn't. Hello, somebody. Again, you notice that when somebody told him, Saul is dead. He said, <laughs> he asked me to help him to, because he was wounded. I killed him and I, and I brought the crown. Oh, king, <laughs> David, this is it. Your enemy is dead. I rejoice with you. I am the one that brought it to, so I need reward. He said, you want reward, eh? Okay, you use your own mouth to confess you killed the Lord's anointed. Oh, yeah? Kill him. Hello? You cannot stand anyone who does not respect the authority of God. He cannot stand anyone who despises God. If you read Psalm 101, you will understand what I'm talking about. The man cannot stand anyone. Say, those people cannot sit around me. They cannot serve me. They can't walk with me. They can't hang around me. Only those who are walking blamelessly before God, whose heart is towards the Lord, they are the ones who will surround me. They are the ones who will minister to me. So you can see his heart is always after God. And then when you read how he encountered Goliath, if you read the words that was coming out of his mouth, you will know that this man knows God. You will know that this young man, 17 years old. So some of you who are young people here, it is not too late to start anyway. Amen, somebody? 17 years old, he's been putting his faith upon the world, building on the world, walking in the world, living in the world, facing the enemy, as a result of what he knows about God and winning. He had fought the lion, fought the bear, and overcame them all. And now Goliath stands. Did you hear what he said? He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That this should disgrace the armies of the living God. So you see, he didn't say the army of Israel. He said the army of the living God. Hello, somebody. Everything about him is about God. God's honor. So he was, he, was not, he was not thinking about Israel, the shame of Israel. He was thinking about the shame of God. 
He wasn't talking about the army of Israel. He was talking about the army of the living God. Not just a God. The living God. Now, all the others were looking at the size of the giant. How many of you have seen tall people? Oh, I saw a few recently. Oh boy. I look at them and say, this one, this one is what they call it, Dogo. Tall and huge. You dare not mess with them. In fact, looking at them alone, even if they abuse you, you will just say, thank you, sir. <laughs> just walk away. <laughs> Hello? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Because before you come near, they will just stretch out like this. You know, you'll be doing like this, like this, like this. <laughs> How many of you know that some of them, their hands are longer than some people's legs? <laughs> uh -huh. So you understand what I'm talking about. If you have a boxing like this, boxing like this, doing like this, meanwhile, he's only holding you like this. Praise God. So they were looking at this nine feet giant. Now, note, the Bible took time to describe the size of his weapons. The size of the sword alone. When you look at it and look at the one you are carrying in your hand, you say, but... <laughs> Sorry, sorry. <laughs> then when you look at the size of his shield, maybe it may be two or three times your own. Because when he carries your own, your own will look like ordinary uh, you know, fan that you used to find yourself. So he's bigger. So everything about him is big size. His javelin is big size. So you, and you are going to face him and do like this. Bah, you know the way they do it. Now when he swings, you too will swing and block him. So they are looking at what strength will I use to block him. But this young man, he has never used the sword. He has not used the shield. But he's trusting in God. You see, his heart is always with God. He was trusting in the covenant promises that God gave Israel. And so, he is circumcised. The Philistine is not circumcised. He has a covenant with God. The Philistine does not have a covenant with Jehovah. Yes, the Philistines have their own God. But those are not gods. We have the living God. The God that the human eye cannot see. The God that is not in any shape or form. Eh? So who is this man that he should bring disgrace? Why is it that there is no one in Israel to remove it? The young boy wondered. And so when he heard that the king is going to give a reward. Ah, so I will not even do it for free self. Eh? He said, I can do it, I can do it. Look at him, I beg, please forget. You are a small boy. This man is been fighting since he was a young boy. He's not a young boy anymore. And look at his size. He said, don't worry, don't be afraid. <laughs> this small boy you are looking at, I, I have killed lions and bears with my bare hand. He said, eh, you did eh? Okay, take my armor. Try it. The guy walked around and said, Oga, please, carry this thing, keep it first. Let me go the way I am used to. Then he took his sling, picked stones, and then he, they, when the Philistines saw him, he was angry. Because for 30 days, 30 days, brothers and sisters, every day he would come out in the morning, come out in the evening, 30 days, he was looking for war to test his skill with the best of the Israeli soldiers, the best. And at the end of the day, he's, what he sees is stick. And he sees a small boy carrying one small bag, coming with sling and small boy. He said, you know, ask, I said, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? The guy was angry. You know when I mean, somebody is disappointed, was a disappointed giant. He has been doing this so that the best of the Jewish soldiers will come out. Then they will start. Then they will run. Then they will do their thing and do their, you know, their show. Then the one who dies, we, the, their soldier will surrender. Then he was so angry, he began to curse David in the name of his God. And David did the same thing. And prophesied that he is going to cut off his head. Yeah? 
He's going to give his body to the best of the earth to eat. Meanwhile, he has no knife. He has no sword. That means in his mind, he hopes to use the man's sword to cut off his head. And so before the giant understood what was happening, he was dead. David ran towards him. He was running towards a man with a sword. He was running towards a man with javelin. The guy was like, you are coming for your death. Oh, yeah, come. <laughs> Only one swing. <laughs> He'll be in two. I just cut you two parts. <laughs> so before he knew what was happening, the stone just landed. Boom. Mm. He jumped on him, took his sword from his scabbard, chopped off his head, and he was a dead man. What gave him that victory? His heart for the Lord. Hello, somebody. I don't know if you are getting what I'm trying to say. Hmm? David became someone that you can never finish telling his story. If you want to talk of character, you have something to say about him. Good character, bad character, you have something to say. If you want to talk about God punishing those who misbehave, you have something to say about David. If you want to talk about bravery, you have something to say. If you want to talk about obedience to authority, you have something to say. If you want to talk about children living under their parental authority and obeying them, you have something to say. Everything you want to teach, you can learn something from this man. His heart was after God. Is your heart after God? If I ask you to answer one by one, I know everybody will say, ah, Pastor, it's Jesus. Oh. Jesus. But when problem come, you forget Jesus. When somebody insults you now and abuses you now, you forget Jesus. You will give it to When they say, ah, you are a Christian, leave that one first. Leave that one. I remember talking to some people one time. He said, please, 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 leave that. Leave Bible. Leave, this is not Bible. Leave Bible first. I remember another person who said, look, if it's this one that will make me go to hell, I'm ready to go to hell. But this thing, this is how I'm going to do it. Maybe I'm talking about you. <laughs> Hello, somebody. You see, after God's heart, I look at Christians and I look at people in this church. Sometimes I am very, very unhappy. I notice that most of the time we put our personal interests first. David wasn't like that. The only time David put his personal interest first, those were those two occasions that I told you, he paid a great price. But every time he puts God first, he gets honored. He gets promoted. He gets raised. He puts his life in danger for the glory of God. He gets raised. He gets promoted. Is someone hearing what I'm saying? We are thinking always of ourselves. A man after God's own heart. Say, but now your kingdom shall not continue. Why is it that his kingdom will not continue? Because the man was not after honoring God, but he was doing his own thing. He was commanded to slaughter the Amalekites, right? Eh? Kill every living thing. Nothing must be spared. All chickens die. All goats must die. All horses must die. All cows must die. Babies must die. Adult must die. Father must die. Everything must die. The king must die. Put all to the sword. God said, I want to wipe out the Amalekites. No wonder. It was an Amalekite who, brought the, who, who killed him at last. The one who brought the news to David. I killed him. He asked me to kill him. Who was that? An Amalekite. 
If God say kill and you don't kill, at the end they will kill you. <laughs> what God say remove from your life, you refuse to remove. That thing may remove you too. If you don't remove it, it may remove you from your position. Is someone hearing what I'm saying? Now, now look at that. The man lost the kingdom and he said there, the Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Because you didn't obey the command of the Lord, God has removed the position of leadership and given it to another person. So, who, what is God looking for? Who is God looking for? God is looking for the one who will represent him well. God is looking for the one who will listen to his instructions and obey them completely, not halfway. Not 50%, not 80%, not 99 and half, but 100%. God is looking for the one who will put him first, not personal interest. You know, sometimes we pray for money. You know why we're not seeing much money as we're supposed to? Because we're too self-centered. If it comes into your hand, now it's yourself, you know, you and your family. Even if the work of God is suffering, you don't you can put 1,000 there, put 5,000, put 10,000 there. But you can put more than that, but you will not. You are interested in your own self. It drags. It creates drags in our lives. It makes our life to become complicated. It creates problems. It, makes, it opens the door for the enemy to put his hand into our work. At the end of the day, we don't get to the places we ought to get to. You may still be seeing some elements of God's help. Seeing some little, little progress, but not the kind of progress that you anticipate and God would have loved to give to you. Can somebody shout hallelujah? hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I am not here tonight to make you feel funky and feel good and shout yay, but I am here to appeal to your conscience. I am here to talk to you that God is looking for lovers. God is looking for people who is interested in having real-time relationship with him. God is looking for people who will, who will submit completely to his authority. When he says rise, they will rise. When he says sit, they will say, God, I want to stand. When he say go to the right, say, Lord, it is the right I want to go. That's where I think I should go. You argue. No, no, no. He wants when he say go, you go. When he say stop, you stop. When he say turn, you turn. Whatever he say do, you do. Those are the kind of people he's looking for. A man after his own heart. How many of you have ever considered the man Solomon, King Solomon? Have you ever read anything about him? I'd like to show you something about Solomon. Amen. amen. That amen is like you're angry. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you angry with your pastor? First no. Kings chapter 3. I'd like us to read verse 3. 3 to 5. And Solomon loved the Lord. First Kings chapter 3. Verse 3 to 5. And Solomon loved the Lord. Did you see that? Do you have your Bibles with you? And what did the Bible say? Can we read it together? One to go. And Solomon loved the Lord. Stop there. That's the foundation. Every other thing you see in his relationship with God is based on that love. That is the foundation. Of the great life he lived. Of the, of the success. The breakthrough. The sacrificial giving. Everything he did. 
And if you study his life, you discover as long as he loved the Lord, Solomon was enjoying divine favor. But when the love of women replaced the love for God, Solomon went out of favor. Check your Bible. Hello. You don't get favor because you pray for favor. It is love that will bring you favor. Not love for man or for woman. Love for God. Can I hear, can I hear somebody say love for God? Love. Say it well. Love for God. Love. Say it again. Love for God. Love. That is what gives you favor. That is what makes God to bless you. It's not because you fast and pray for it. It's not because you fast and pray for money. It is love for God that moves the hand of God. As long as Solomon loved the Lord, he did all kinds of things, outrageous things, things that no man dared do before him. Now, let's see what happened. The Bible says, And Solomon loved the Lord, and that led him to walking in the statutes of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burnt incense at the high places. Verse 4, Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar at Gibeon. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and God said, ask what shall I give you? What shall I give you? Open check. Tell me. What do you want? But what led to it? Love for God. He gave God a thousand burnt offerings. That means he sacrificed a thousand bulls or a thousand rams or a thousand goats. The Bible didn't specify which animal he sacrificed. But he sacrificed one thousand animals. Can you count? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Do you think if they bring ten, uh, one thousand goats, he can fill this, this place, this hall can contain one thousand goats? Do you think this place can contain one thousand rams? Hello, somebody, talk to me, talk to me. So imagine how many goats one person gave God. How many, how many rams or bulls? One man, one individual, one young boy who felt because oh God lost me. You know why? He was thinking, look, man, when he looked at the family tree, he's number 10. <laughs> Among the boys, number 10. His, wife, his mother is not the first wife. Hello? Come on, look at me. His mother is not the first wife. The mother is not the second wife. It's not the third. It's not the fourth. Hello, somebody. Now, considering that, if it is by seniority of the wives, you know, Richard, it's not his turn. If it is by, by age, it's not his turn. By position in the family tree, it's not his turn. So, and the, the way he even came into the, his mother came into the house is not a good story. So, from the back seat, God took him and brought him to the front row. The guy, the, the thing mesmerized him. He was so, so, so overwhelmed by that kind of love. His heart reached out to God. And then when you meditate on that word, Solomon loved the Lord, you will know that his love for God did not start the day he was ordained or anointed to be king. Solomon had been a lover of God from his childhood. He loved the Lord. Love the Lord. Love the Lord. Bro, what you need is to love the Lord. To be a man after God's own heart. God's own interests. What does he want? How does he want me to live? What kind of language does he want me to be speaking? 
How does he want me to relate to people? Does he want me shouting at people, yelling at people, cursing people, fighting people, eating up people? Does he want me, you know, one leg inside the church, one leg with the devil? I come to church, I pretend to be a Christian. In the night time, I go to meeting with the devil and then operate there. What does he want? What kind of life does he want me to live? To have a double life? In the church, I'm holy. Out there, I have my boyfriend and my girlfriend and we socialize and we do all kinds of rotten things and then we come back to the church and clean our mouth and behave as if we didn't lick, we didn't eat, we didn't touch. Hello, somebody. Is someone hear what I'm saying? No. So you see, you need to love the Lord. He was a lover of God from the beginning. And that love overwhelmed him. So when he considered what God did, the guy couldn't hide his feelings. He said, God, you are too much. You are too much so he sacrificed what no man not even his father his father loved god david loved god so much so much but david never gave a thousand burnt offerings on his own but his son did and god couldn't stand it god said i know this young man wants something hey 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 for a man to do this for me there is something on his mind i, I receive it i receive it and he came to him in the night said son tell me what do you want and i will do it for you So love for God will cause you to make great sacrifices. Sacrificing for Jesus is easy when there is love in your heart. Hello somebody. Sacrificing to come to church, to give to somebody, share what you have with somebody. If there is no love in your heart, you can't do it. Bearing pain, overlooking offenses, forgiving wrongs done against you is only possible when there is much love in your heart. That's why the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. You cannot be a giver without having love for God in your heart. You can't hear the cry of the poor and stretch forth your hands and help them except there is love flowing in your heart. So what you and I need tonight is a baptism of love for God. We need to re renew our love. We need to revive it. We need to, we need to wash it. You know how you treat gold? You burn it with fire. You remove all the impurities. The more you heat gold in fire, the more you subject it to fire, the more the impurities begin to come out. And the more it shines brighter and brighter. When you see gold the first time, it's not bright. Too. How many of you know that? Gold is not bright. Very dull. You think this is pure gold. It's not pure gold yet. There's so much impurities mixed with it. But when you subject it to fire, as it's melting, the thing will be separated. As it's melting, the real gold will be coming and others will be separating. And by the time the fire purifies it and purifies it and purifies it, the thing will begin to glitter. Then when they now polish it, ah, if you see it here, <laughs> come and buy me. <laughs> Amen. Amen, somebody. But if I give you raw gold, untreated, unpurified, it's not attractive. You need love for God. So Solomon became what he was because he loved the Lord. But unfortunately, unfortunately, can somebody say unfortunately? <laughs> the love for women overtook him. Hmm? How many did he marry? 700 wives. I like that guy. Woo! 700 wives. 300 concubines. Altogether, 1,000 women in his life. Wow. Eh? Uh, I just wish I would meet him in heaven. You know the first question I'm going to ask him, I want to say, 
You set a record no man can beat, my brother. How did you manage? Please, can you tell me your experience? <laughs> Amen, somebody. But do you know that the love for women replaced, it competed with the love for God. You know the Bible says that, you know, that the cares of this world, Jesus in Matthew 13, when he was talking about the seed that fell among the thorns, he said he choked it. So the love for women competed with the love he had for God. You know, it's not that he wanted to stop loving God. It has never entered into his heart to stop loving God. He still loves God, but the love for women competed. Amen, somebody. You know, the Bible says, how can you say you love God when you do not love human beings whom you see, your brother whom you see? So he loved those whom he saw more than he loved God. <laughs> so if he saw the one that stood like this, he said, I like you. Come on, how much is it? <laughs> he would pay the bride price, bring her home. And you know what? He had quarters for every one of those women. That means he had 1,000 apartments for all his numerous wives. It's not that all of them were living in one room, no. Everybody had their own quarter, had their own servants attending to each one. That will show you how much wealth he had. And what brought that wealth? It was love for God. You want to swim in money? Let your heart be after God. You want to swim in favor? Let your heart be after God. And protect it all so that nothing else will take the place of God. Because as soon as another thing occupies that position, you'll be cut off from the favor of God. Because at the end of the day, Solomon became an idol worshiper. His wives led him away. If you don't, you don't really love me, how can you say you love me when you don't even touch me? Has somebody ever said that to you? How can you say you love me? You don't even want to kiss me. You are running away from me. You are saying you are, you are doing it for Jesus. And you say you love me. Hold me. Hold me. Hold me tight. Then you really love me. Kiss me. Then you love me. Play with me. Before you know what's happening, Lord, I am sorry. I didn't plan that it would be like that. Oh God, please forgive me. Then before you know what's happening, she has missed her period. Ah, ah, Mugbe, hey, hey, it was only one soul, hey, God, <laughs> you see what you have cost now? How many of you understand what I'm talking about? If you understand me, wave your hand to Jesus, wave your hand to Jesus, praise the Lord. Listen to me, if you love the Lord, you must do what? Put set boundaries for yourself. You don't wait for the pastors to say, thou shall do this, thou shall not do this. You, on your own, will do what? Set boundaries for yourself because you are protecting your love for God. What did Joseph do? The good lady said, it is you. I can't sleep in the night. I'm always seeing you. Today, please, quench the fire. He said, not me. He said, it is you. He said, not me. I can't do this against God and against your husband who has been very nice to me. He said, you are not serious. Though. The fire is burning very well and you must quench the fire. And you know how to quench it. He grabbed the guy by the shirt. The guy said, holy shirt. He pulled it in, leered it, and then took off. 100 meters, senior boys. Ben Johnson. He ran. But some people will say, no. One brother said to me, pastor, I can lie on the same bed with a girl. Nothing will happen. I said, I... 
I know. I know you can do it. There's no problem, but I don't want you to try. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He said, don't, don't even try. Because even if nothing happens, who is going to believe that nothing happened? As long as they know you slept on the same bed with the same girl, who are you going to tell that nothing happened and he will believe? It will take God to start showing everybody vision. <laughs> he, he, he didn't do anything, he didn't do anything, he didn't do anything, he didn't do anything. Nothing. What are you going to say? The man ran. The Bible says, flee every appearance of evil. You know what it means to flee? Run as one who is terrorized. How many of you have been chased by a dog? Only a dog. How did you run? Like this? How did you run? Okay, that's a dog. What of if a lion... <laughs> Praise God. Now, let me explain to you. Praise the Lord. Let me explain to you. You see, the way you run when a lion roars... That's what the Bible means by flee. Remember, the Bible calls the devil a roaring lion. He said flee. That means run like one who is terrified. He didn't say run. He said flee. Flee. Every appearance of evil. Run from it. Set boundaries because you love the Lord. You may look stupid. You may look foolish. The person will say you know, all kinds of things, but don't mind them all. If you love me, you will wait. You will wait. You will wait. One of my friends said, let us bless the food before we start to eat it. That's what I mean. Wait first. Let, them, let the relationship be blessed first. If you really love me, oh yeah, put the ring in my finger in the church. When you have done that, then we can start. But before that time, I love the Lord and you are not going to stop me from loving him. Period. Make up your mind. Put the Lord first. Let his heart be your desire. What is in the heart of God? What is the mind of God? What is God thinking about me? If Jesus were to be in my situation, in my present circumstance, what would he do? If this word was spoken to Jesus' life, physically, how would he react? How would he respond? If this great injustice was done to Jesus, will he throw caution into the air and start abusing and shouting and carrying matches and throw chairs and people will be holding me like a crazy man and then I will say, no, leave me, I'm going to die today. Will Jesus do that? After his heart, what is in the heart of God for you? What is the will of God for your life? Remember the prayer that Jesus asked us to pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? Always seek out the will of God. And when Apostle Paul was teaching in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, he said, he said, don't be foolish, but be wise. And he explained what wisdom is. He said, identify what the will of the Lord is and do it. That is wisdom. Wisdom is to identify the will of God and do it. If you love the Lord, you'll be after his will in all things. What is God's will? Not what is it I want. Not my ambition. 
but his vision. Not what I want to become, what he wants me to become. Not what I want to do, what he wants me to do. Not who I want to marry, but who he wants me to marry. Not the kind of business I should do, but what kind of business does he want me to do. Not who I should associate with, but what kind of person would he like me to associate with. Identify the will of the Lord. God puts money in your hands. What is the money meant for? How does he want you to use it? Not this is what I want to do with it, but Lord, what do you want me to do with it? That's a man after God's own heart. So you see yourself as a steward. You see yourself as a caretaker. You see yourself as an instrument. You see yourself as a vessel in the hands of the Lord. Love him. Tell your neighbor, love him. Tell your neighbor, love the Lord with all your heart. I want to show you a scripture and then we pray. Are you getting my message tonight? Do you think you need it? I'm not hearing you. I said, do you think you need it? Isaiah chapter 66 verse 2. I want you to look at the B part. Isaiah 66 verse 2. The B part. This is the one I esteem. The verse starts by, Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. This is the one I esteem. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. This is the one I esteem. The word esteem is to show favor. Sir, how is it written in King James, Pastor? King James. To this man, I will look. Yes, New King James. On this one will I look. So to esteem is to look upon with favor. Esteem is to show kindness. To esteem is to lift up. To promote. To honor. To have regard for. How many of you would like God to esteem you? You see... It's not that you, because you ask, oh God, higher ground, higher ground, you must understand the way God operates. Hello? You don't get things because you ask for it. You must position yourself to receive it. There are some certain things God looks at before he gives things. So if you really want it, then you must make yourself qualified. Now look at this. One who is humble, poor in spirit, one who is humble. One who is contrite in spirit. And one who trembles at my word. Please return it to King NIV. One who trembles at my word. I want to explain those three things for you. Number one. To be humble is to be teachable. Someone who is poor in spirit is someone who, who believes he knows nothing. But he wants to know. Someone who is lowly in heart. 
someone who is not proud, who is not arrogant, no matter the level of wealth and the lifting in life, he still remains teachable. You may be a PhD holder, someone who didn't even have a degree can still impart knowledge and you believe that and you are ready to learn from someone. A humble person is constantly, listen to me, constantly correcting himself as he's gaining knowledge. A humble person is always applying knowledge, constantly changing, revolving, reforming himself, applying what is gaining to his life. So how do I know you're humble? Your life will be changing. You'll be making corrections. If I correct you, you will take it. A humble person can be reached, but some people cannot be reached. A humble person can be advised. There are some people who never take advice. They may listen to you, but they will never use what you say. Am I correct, somebody? A humble person listens. A humble person makes corrections. A humble person makes changes. A humble person is always correcting himself. So as he's reading the scripture, as he's hearing the word of God, he's applying it. He's turning around, turning around, turning around, turning around. And then you see him making progress. How do I know many people are not teachable? Because I don't see it in your life. Praise the Lord. Apostle Paul said, by this time you ought to be teachers. But you still need milk. That means you still need the ABC of the gospel. Repent from your sins. You know, somebody, somebody made me, I wouldn't say I laughed. Made me angry, my spirit sort of. We don't preach repentance message in this church. Ah. I say in this church. So we should come every day and say, repent. You must not tie your hair. I mean, wear like this, wear like that. You must not wear earrings. If you do this, you are going to hell. So that's what I will be preaching every day of my life. That is ABC of the gospel. That is milk. If I keep telling you, turn from your sins, turn from your sins, you are going to hell. That means, that is ABC. We will remain there. If I go to a church, that is what they preach, then I don't belong there. Because I have gone ahead of that. Apostle Paul said, let us go unto maturity. There are higher things. John was in the spirit. And the Lord Jesus was saying to him, where you are, you can't receive what you need. He said, come up here. You need to come up. Move up. Until you move up, you can't see the new thing I want to show you. At that level, you can't see. You need to rise up in your spirit. And the man rose up in his spirit and moved to a higher plane. And then he could see. Some of you are still at the baby stage. Ten years after your conversion, you are still there. Ten years, twenty years after you have been a Christian, demons are still messing you up. You are still doing deliverance at this stage. The humble make changes. So if you are not changing, you are not humble. If you are not applying what you are learning, hear me, if you are not applying what you are learning, you are not humble. And God lifts up, promotes, esteems, shows favor, look upon with favor those who are humble. Who are changing, who are correcting, who are using what is teaching them. The second one is contract in spirit. What does that mean? Repentant hearts. And if you look at the man David, you will know he was a man truly after God's own heart. If the man sins and is convicted, Kai, the man will fast. He will cry. He will beg. You know what he said? He said, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. If you take your spirit away, I'm finished too. Please forgive me. He fasted. He prayed. Seven days he was fasting that God would forgive and spare the life of the boy. 
The moment he heard the boy is dead, he rose up. Say, God, God, you didn't permit that one. So, no, what's the use? It's finished. Humble. You know what he said? He said, The sacrifice that is acceptable unto God is what? A broken and contrast spirit. The word broken is humble and then contrast spirit. That means your heart is soft, you are teachable, you are correctable. And when God touches you, you, are, you accept it. God, I am sorry. You don't say it is A that made me do it. It was my husband. It was my wife. You accept the responsibility. I am responsible. I said it. I did it. Even though I was wounded, I know I, I accept ownership of what I have done. You know, there are people that never accept correction. You know why they don't say sorry? Because they don't want to be, to be seen as someone who accepted I did it. So they must explain it away. What happened? Eve. Eve. Snake. Everybody's pointing to somebody. That's not humility. A broken and a contra. Have you seen a man who is broken? He be sobbing and weeping. His heart is melting. Oh God, I am sorry. He has no time to be saying it was Jeanette who did it. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> if you did not, if she didn't talk to me like that. Wait, if you are convicted by God, do you have time to say it was Jumbu who did it? <laughs> if he didn't throw stone at me, Lord, I will not be so angry to hit him and block, block out his eye. Oh, Lord, <laughs> he, he, I wouldn't have done it if he didn't. No, you'll be saying, God, I am sorry. I am sorry. I'm truly sorry. That's a broken spirit. A repentant heart is someone who makes a say, God, I truly repent. I change. His heart is soft. Soft. Some people's hearts are hard. They are born again, but they have a hard heart. If you love the Lord, your heart must be soft. You know what he said? He said, I will take away the heart of stone and replace it with what? A heart of flesh. What will give you that? Love for God. Open up your heart. That's what I'm asking you to do. And then the third one, he said, and trembles at my word. You know what that means? Quick to obey. He does not drag his feet. God said, change. He said, I'll go do them later. Pastor, it's a small, small, and a small, small. <laughs> if you love it, Pastor, repentance is not easy. <laughs> it's small, 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 small. You are dragging your feet. God is telling you, stop what you are doing. You are dragging your feet. You are living with a man you are not married to. You have first baby. You are still dragging your feet, and you are still living there. He said, Pastor, what shall I do? I have no place to go. Okay. <laughs> Stay there. And then, but you are convicted that what you are doing is wrong. But you don't want to repent. What is repentance? Pack your load and find somewhere else and stay. If the guy loves you, let him come and marry you. Full stop. If he doesn't marry you at the end of the day, don't worry. God will give you a husband. Pastor. <laughs> husband with two children, no father. <laughs> God has done it before. He will do it again and again. And again, and again, and again, and again. Even people, girls, ladies who have never married 52 years, they still find husband. 56 years, they still find husband. I didn't say your own will get like that. What I'm saying is that God is a specialist in packaging things for people who repent. If you repent, God will take care of the rest. Can somebody say amen? Amen. A heart for God. Do you have it? Do you qualify? Humble? Contract in spirit? Trembles at God's word? Then promotion is yours. You can do it, you know. You already have the spirit of God in you. That spirit is a spirit, a gentle spirit. What did Jesus say? He said, 
Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in spirit. So if you have Jesus, you already have humility. All I'm asking you to do is let it flow. Submit to it. Resist that human nature that always wants you to do that gragratin. You know, eh? That thing to show that when you are somebody, if you some people say if you if pastor, if you are too soft, eh, these people will ride you, they will make you they will, they will mess your life up. So you need to be rugged, you know. You need you need to show that you are a man. Being a man does not mean being rascally. Being a man does not mean you should become a hooligan. Amen, somebody. Am I not a man? Do I need to be a hooligan before you know I'm a man? <laughs> Are you hearing what I am saying? Rise up in your spirit and say, Lord, I open up my heart to you. I open up my heart. Help me love you more. Every day your prayer should be, Lord, that I may love you more, Lord. Strength to love you more. Please help me to love you more. Don't allow me to be distracted from you, Lord. Don't allow anyone or any other thing to take your place in my life. If you are a man after God's own heart, the favor of God will dwell with you. The lifting power of God will be upon you. God will esteem you. God will honor you. You will always love to please him and obey him in all things. Stand to your feet. Let us pray. Open your mouth and appreciate God and say, Father, I thank you. I love you. I open my heart. I surrender to you. Open your mouth. Talk to him. Lord, I surrender. I surrender. Can I hear you say, I surrender? Talk to him, Lord. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to your Lord. Talk to him. Say, Lord, I surrender. Help me to love you more. Pray that prayer with all your heart. Pray that prayer with all your heart. We have two minutes to pray that prayer before the next person takes take the microphone. Open your mouth and pray that prayer with all your heart. Lord, help me to love you more every day. May nothing take your place in my life. May no one take your place in my life. May my love for you, O God, grow daily. Help me, Father. No matter what I go through in life, no matter the frustration, the disappointment, help me to love you more and more and more and more. Increase my love for you, Lord. Help me to think thoughts that will help me increase my love for you. Open your mouth and pray that prayer. Help me to think the kind of thoughts that will make my love for you to increase. Pray that prayer from your heart. Help me to think the kind of thoughts that will make my love for you to increase. I want to be a man after your own heart. 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 A man after your own heart, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are faithful. You are glorious. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all honor. You are worthy of all adoration. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I surrender all. I surrender. I surrender all to you, my blessed Savior. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender all to you, my 
Blessed Savior, I surrender. Father, I pray for as many who have been under the sound of my voice. Grant that each one will love you more than ever before. I invoke the grace of humility. A contrite spirit. A heart that trembles at God's word in your lives. I decree and declare that no one, nothing will ever take your place in your lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you for healing them. Thank you for setting them free. Thank you for breaking barriers. Thank you for a new beginning in their lives. Thank you for reviving them. Thank you for transforming them. Thank you for breaking barriers, Lord. Thank you for blessing them in every way. Thank you for meeting all your needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the teaching ministry of God's servants, Pastor Sylvester Oyemalechi. Pastor Sylvester Oyemalechi is the president of Jesus Family Outreach, senior and founding pastor of Jesus Family Fellowship in Nigeria, editor and publisher of Success Info, Bible News and Relationships. His teachings are simple, sound, and easy to understand. I believe you will love what you will hear and be edified in the process. Happy listening. I believe you have enjoyed the teaching of God's servant, Pastor Sylvester Oyemalechi. For further information, please contact us at pastor at jfoutreach.org or call 0805 Visit our website at www.jfoutreach.org. Come worship with us every Sunday by 8 a.m. at Jesus Family Fellowship, 20B Bayawemimo Street, off Olomowewe Bus Stop, off Ishari Oshu Road, Ikotun, Lagos.